Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us. This is Rick Words, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip you to be a faithful father. The vision is to uh, just for you to be the dad you're called to be, uh, that uh, the dad the next generation needs. So uh, we're going to continue our discussion around why faithful fathering is important in your life. And uh, we're here to help you be the dad the next generation needs. And I always want to point you to our website, uh, faithfulfathering.org, where you can click on the For Dads button to see a history of vlogs and other studies that uh, complement these podcasts. And as always, this will be a very practical discussion on the, that I pray blesses you on your journey as a faithful father. In the studio with us today is uh, Mr. Julius Cairo. He is a husband and dad. He's uh, a behavior special. Uh, give me the uh, the role. You, you're a teacher in the I'm a uh, behavior Park, teacher. Yes, sir. in the Deer Park School System. Yes, okay. sir. Behavior teacher, and uh, he also has a ministry, Kingdom Care, that uh, is uh, focused on foster care and adoption care has been heavily involved in the foster system as well as adoption. So, Julius, thank you for being here with yeah, us. Yeah, thank you for having me. We're here to talk. Uh, one of the things that I see is uh, why faithful fathering is important is to raise a generation that has a respect for uh, for God and country. You know, one's ability to respect anything is usually tied to their upbringing. Uh, what did I know? You you shared that you were adopted by your grandma and grandmother, or grandmother and grandpa, and uh, usually that generation had a lot to say about respect. How did they beat that in? No, I didn't mean beat it. <laughs> well, no, that's probably accurate. That's probably accurate. My You're about to spare the rod, right? My gra- yes, my grandfather was uh, was ex-military, so he was very structured, very. Um, very much so about you know uh, old school and the and the fact that kids are seen and not heard um, was a lot of the was a lot of the the dialogue that we got. Um, not that he wasn't loving, not that we didn't have conversations, but if adults were talking, you weren't. You weren't. Um, if adults were walking, you moved out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you shook you shook hands. You looked somebody in the eye when you're talking to them. Um, you know, all of that was instilled. All you know. that silly stuff today, right? <laughs> all, all that stuff that is not not as valued today. Um, why do you, why do you think that is? Uh, I mean, I think it it just I mean it goes back to I mean what we were talking about about fathers. I mean, not being present. I mean, you can't you can't instill authority without a father figure. I don't think I see that in the school system now. Um, I see that with my behavior kids. Usually when I'm working with behavior students and you get to the nitty-gritty of their home life or their, um, you know, their backgrounds, you get to the fact that they either have an absent father or no father. In some cases, they don't know who their father is, um, which ultimately um, leads to a lot of different things. You know, I mean, our, you know, we were talking about you know, our prison system, I mean, 75 to 80% of the incarcerated come from a fatherless home. Um, saying that, and that number is the same exact number that is the percentage of incarcerated who have um, run-ins with the foster care system. Mm. Um, so wow. there's, there's, no, there's no coincidence that those two numbers are identical, you know, when you're looking at you know, kids, you know, kids in the, not kids at this point, you know, but, but inmates, um, you know, who come from fatherless homes and then also to have an impact in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a reason for that. So, so the dad's not around. You see that in the schools and I, you know, my encouragement to single moms, 
is to always just be the best mom you can be. You cannot be the dad. Mm-hmm. And and the, the dad is the one that says you have to respect your mom, right? Yeah, that lays it down. So uh, our encouragement to dads out there is to realize that you're also a father figure. You know, when, mm-hmm. I, I'll, when I'm on the radio or other, other situations, I'll get a, a, a question from a mom. How do I, you know, what do I, how can I get uh, someone to, you know, get a dad figure engaged with my son? And I, I hope that the, you know, just like we uh, encourage the church to get involved in adoption and foster care, uh, I would hope the church would be very involved to uh, meet single moms where they're at to uh, help them understand that they, we need some father figures out there. Mm-hmm. Now, unfortunately, liabilities are such that we can't necessarily take them camping or thinking like that unless uh, it's someone in the family, and an uncle or a brother or something along those lines that uh, might be able to step into that. But, but so we end up with, uh, with uh, kids not necessarily respecting authority as much as they should because I know we've also impeded the school's ability to institute any kind of discipline along those lines. So they're coming into the school not necessarily respecting authority. The school's not able to enforce any respect authority so how how, uh, how are you addressing that as a dad yourself to make sure your kids are the ones that absolutely do respect the authority not only in the home but when they go to school or whatever? I mean obviously I had still the same um, you know respect that my grandfather in in a different way um, that my grandfather instilled in me um, I mean back on your point about dad stepping up and being fathers um, my grandfather was constantly working. Um, I mean, he came out of retirement when I was adopted um, to go back into the into the workforce so that he could, afford you know, ha- afford us. Um, and so, you know, we had our next door neighbor who was actually my youth uh, football coach um, was a second dad to me. You know, he played basketball with us. He played football with us. He played baseball. He took us to games. Uh-huh. You know, the things that my grandfather couldn't do, you know. And so, you know, I've had, you know, God has blessed me with several fathers figures throughout my years because my grandfather also passed away when I was 13, you know, probably at the height when I needed a father figure, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's been def- definitely several men in my life that have stepped up in different ways in what God had asked them to do you know, to see me through those those critical years. And so, you know, one thing that I, you know, try to do not only for my kids, but, you know, also the kids that I deal with in, in the school system, you know, is trying to present, you know, a, a level of authority that one understanding that they, that they don't come from a background of authority um, and showing them that authority doesn't necessarily mean that I have control over you. It means that I love you enough that I want better for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I instill in my kids when it comes to authority is, is, is an authority figure is just someone trying to help guide you and protect you, in some cases, from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that looks like, you know, sometimes that may look like pain, like in the way that sometimes, you know, having consequences and, and punishments, they hurt and mm-hmm. they don't, you know, they don't feel good. And that necessarily doesn't necessarily mean the spanking. Sometimes it does, but you know, that, you know, means that we're looking out for you and we're trying to guide you and help you. Sure. Um, but again, you know, coming back to the, the fatherlessness, I mean, we have, you know, this has been a thing since, I mean, I know that, you know, in 1994, the, the drug bill and, 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 you know, the, you know, Planned Parenthood, and we talked about that stuff. I mean, all of that, you know, there's been an attack on the family and on the father specifically. Um, 
for forever. That's true. That's a ploy, ploy and a plot of the enemy is to take the father out of the home because mm-hmm. then everything else around it just kind of suffers. Right. You right. know, there's a there's a reason that the very last verse in in the Old Testament is you know talks about the returning the hearts of the children to the father and the father to the children. Yeah, that's there's, a, there's the spirit of Elijah. There's a, there's, sure. there's there's a reason that that is because mm-hmm. it was it's that important. Right. Uh, yeah, and sometimes we we. You know, unintentionally discount authority. I remember a story. My one of my father figures was my brother-in-law. Yeah, you know, I, I lived with him from 13 to through college, and uh, he he was a, also a deputy sheriff, and he was doing some security work uh, over Christmas. And uh, one mother was having trouble with a little son and a uh, little little boy, and and she made the comment, "If you don't straighten up, I'm going to have that officer take you off." And and he just got down on a knee and said, "Young man, I want you to know that if if." you ever get separated from your mom or you're ever in trouble, you can look for a man in uniform and we're here to help you. And the mother just kind of had a, 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 a light go on and said, ah, I, I, almost, I almost messed this up as far as respecting authority as a police officer, right? And uh, so this is, we have a lot of that going on in society right now. Mm-hmm. We, have to, we have to be on our toes to make sure that we're reinforcing you know, that's not to say every officer out there is a good officer, but uh, the majority are. Every uh, a pastor isn't a good pastor, but the majority are. And, uh, we have to live into that. How about when it comes to respect for God and His Word? How is that encouraged by your by your uh, uh, home you grew up in? Uh, so, I mean, like I said, my, my grandparents made sure that, that we were, you know, in the Bible. I mean, my, I remember nights in my grandparents' houses. It started out as card nights. They would play cards. They'd play canasta or, or some some form of cards um, with aunts, uncles, friends, mm-hmm. and and by the end of it, I remember you know Bibles out and doing like it would be a Bible study. They'd be arguing about scripture. They'd be arguing <laughs> about what was this or you know and and, that, yeah, and just big like guy in, literally yeah. trying to figure out like but you know but that was that was how they lived. They they literally you know when it came to what what god said about things that was important and Mm. so understanding that you know they they have that authority over them and his word is is you know priority number one and you know is the in all be all of of what what should happen Mm. um that itself you know it's trickled down to me and my you know me and myself and then you know also my 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 kids now you know Mm. because ultimately that's that's how we choose and, and try to, in, in our best, you know, in our best days, try to live, you know, as, as much by the word as, as possible, because ultimately he has the, the final authority. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and often we see that by allowing him the authority that he deserves and the authority that he, that he requires, we ultimately give ourselves more freedom. Mm-hmm. We keep ourselves, you know, I mean, not, not all authority and not all rules are designed to keep you from from enjoying things. A lot of times the rules that we follow and a lot of times the things that we look at, you know, in the word by doing so, we allow ourselves more freedom because it keeps us from, you know, pain as far as, you know, having to regret things and having to deal with situations that we wouldn't normally have had to deal with if we would would have followed the rules. You know, and so that, you know, that's a lot of the teaching that I'm teaching my kids now is, is that, you know, I'm not putting a rule in place to, you know, keep you from something or, or keep you from, you know, having joy. I'm trying to keep you from regretting something. I'm trying to keep you from making a mistake that's going to 
hurt you not just today, but maybe, you know, years down the road, you know. And so I think that, you know, I mean, what you were talking about as far as, you know, not really knowing what authority is or what the purpose of authority is, I think that has definitely shifted, you know, the the reaction to authority and how people see not only the authority like on earth, but also God himself, you know, as in the, as the ultimate authority. You know, I think that's where we get some of the, the negativity and some of the fight as, you know, that we see against God is, is that he's supposed to be, you know, this authority and, con, you know, controls everything. But he doesn't, I mean, he can, but he doesn't. And that's part of the uh, discussion we talked earlier about how the church itself is, is, expo- is, is getting confused to a large extent. And that is that uh, there are churches out there that are absolutely under and respect the authority of God. They live and operate under the word of God. Yes, There's sir. other uh, division in the church a lot of times comes in and says, we're the authority over the authority of the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you have to realize that's a demonic worldview saying, I'm going, I'm, I'm my own God and we're, we're God. We're going to control how we're going to use God in this circumstance mm-hmm. versus saying, no, we're under this Word, which, you know, you, you, one perfect example, of course, is sex. If, if, uh, if, if we're going to allow the world to introduce sexuality through a school in the elementary years, uh, that's, that's not setting them up to respect sex as designed in marriage. The ultimate uh, culmination of a relationship is sex and marriage. And when we compromise that, uh, then it isn't as glory, it isn't as beautiful as it was designed to be. And yes. we've compromised the joy that goes with that relationship if we've, if we've done that. that. That doesn't mean that we're all damned if we don't do that. It just says <laughs> that, that we've cheated ourselves out of, of the glory of God's design. And that's the same with divorce and everything else. It isn't uh, these things happen. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans sure. 3.23. But if we live into the design, he has so much, in that freedom of his design, he has so much joy that we can't even comprehend it. And I think that's, uh, that's uh, I hear you saying that uh, when, you, when, you, when you encourage your children to respect the authority of, uh, of Scripture, then you have an opportunity. So I, I heard you say earlier that uh, you indeed have spiritual discussions between Sundays. That's a beautiful thing. You know, uh, Barnes, uh, Steve Barnes' study years ago made the comment that less than one in ten families that attend church every Sunday have any spiritual discussion between Sundays. How, how do you initiate that? What, what's your a secret there to have that authority, that respect for the word and, and spirituality. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really know what the secret would be. I think it's just, I mean, making it, making it a priority. I mean, in, in like every step is every step in the right direction is still a step, right? Mm-hmm. So you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do it now, I mean, my kids and my wife's great about this. Like my kids, like they see an ambulance, they pray. Mm-hmm. They pray for whatever's going on. They pray for whoever's involved. They see an accident, they pray. They see a homeless person, they pray. It's it's just, it's not that we're doing anything perfect or you know above all or anything like that. It's just that's just what we mm-hmm. what we do, and that's it's fantastic. you know we mm-hmm. and, and like I said, my wife is fantastic about that of, and because she's the the empathetic person and and you know sees everybody's you know for you know the heart of things, but she she prays and she mm-hmm. prays for people and prays and my kids. Like I said, they follow that. They pray. And I mean, I, like I said, I pray myself and, and I'm not as prone to the, 
to the the the, pat, the spontaneous prayer. Are they? No, not that part of it. More of like I'm not the touchy feely person, so I don't deal with the the emotions as well as she does. So she sees. You mean you're a guy? Yeah, that, yes, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a guy. Um, and that and that's <laughs> other two thing. Growing you know growing up with my grandparents, it was you know guys don't cry. You know men are strong, and you know all all of that. You know all of that, but. You know, on, on but you know at the same time, I have to show my kids that I do have emotions, I do have feelings. It's okay to have feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do with those feelings now that's on you as far as one way or the other, whether mm-hmm. it becomes mm-hmm. with good consequences or bad consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's a that's a work in progress for me on a daily basis, sure, just because you know because yeah. of, of that. But but I think it's just being intentional about those steps mm-hmm. you know hey Good. but but you you can't expect your kids to do something you're not doing mm-hmm. you can't expect them to you know live this life that you're not willing to live yourself mm-hmm. um and we see that you know too going back to you know foster care and stuff like that you know and, and the church you know it's hard for you know and then i think that's an awareness issue is it's hard for a lot of preachers and pastors to speak about foster mm-hmm. care because they don't know about foster care mm-hmm. they don't they don't live it they don't know it they're not dealing with it so it's hard to you know and the same thing is is if we want our kids to live a certain way and to be a certain way we get we ourselves as fathers from the forefront have to be willing to live that way and to sure. do those things. Sure. No, that's well said. Now, <clears throat> so you have a respect and, a, and a, for the authority of the Word of God. How about respect uh, for our, our country? We talk about God and country. You said your uh, granddad was a military guy, so mm-hmm. I would expect that on those special days of Memorial Day or Veterans Day that uh, you got a dose of, of what this country meant. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, those, I mean, first of all, the Bible says that we are to respect our government. We are res- the authority. The authority. We mm-hmm. are supposed to. I mean, as as followers, I mean, we don't we don't fix things by being disrespectful. We don't mm-hmm. fix things with hate. Hate doesn't fix anything. Um, and so, you know, and my grandfather always, you know, I mean, the the people who allow us those freedoms, the people who are fighting, the people who are dying. Um, I mean, they sacrifice. So that so those days and those times are meant to show appreciation for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're not doing, you know, like what we ourselves aren't doing. Um, and so, you know, you take those times and you take those moments. Now, do you have to agree with everything that your country's doing or that your leaders are doing? No, um, but you pray for them and you, you pray for them in the sense of you want what's best for them and hoping that in turn they want what's best for our country, because they're just people too. I mean, they're they're humans. They, we all make mistakes. Yeah, and he, he he lifts up the authority we're under for a reason. Sometimes we ask him, we don't have any idea what the reason was, but that's not our role. Our role is to pray for him and uh, keep moving. Uh, the we are a unique country in that we're of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, did that ever get uh, discussed? Did you really get that lesson other than in civics, civics class in school? Did your, uh, did your grandparents emphasize the unique nature of, of how, uh, how America was formed, uh, what our bylaw, what our Constitution and Declaration have to say? I, I don't remember my grandfather talking about it as much as I did my next-door neighbor. My next-door neighbor was really big in the history and government and, and mm-hmm. just that kind of stuff. And and he spoke a lot into that as far as, you know, why, you know, why we do the things that we do, you know, on certain days and, you know, and, and why it's important and, you know, how, 
you know, obviously in an ideal system, in an ideal world, everything would work the way that it's designed and, you know, and, and so forth. That means that every person who falls under the Constitution would have a voice and would have, you know, some kind of power per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that that's important and should be valued. But that's also, I mean, biblical, you know, from the, I mean, the, I mean, God says that we were all created in his image. And by so we all have, you know, some of his authority. We all have some of his purpose. We all have gifts and talents and abilities that he's given us. And when we accumulate those together, that's what ultimately creates the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And when his church is coming together and formulated the way that it's supposed to, then that's an unstoppable body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all of that falls into, and and that's what the principles of our country originally were based on, were Mm -hmm. biblical principles and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, founded on the, the, the thought that we are under God and, and our country belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kind of gotten away from that mm-hmm. in, in many aspects, but at the same time, it doesn't change as believers what, what our call is in that in that environment. Mm-hmm. Our call is to show, show the world that we want to live in, mm-hmm. not necessarily live in the world that we currently have. Because mm-hmm. if we don't, if we just continue to just follow in line with the world that we have, then we can't be upset with the results that we keep getting. Mm-hmm. We have to live above that standard. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's, that to me is, is what it means to, to show respect for, for God and country mm-hmm. is to, to be willing to raise yourself above the bar and not in the fact of, you know, I'm holier than thou, but I'm willing to do what's necessary to make this the best place that we can, you know, which God calls us to, you know, to bring heaven to earth, you know, not necessarily wait around until we get to heaven. Mm-hmm. The only way that we're going to be able to do that is, is if we're willing to do the things that God calls us to do. I also, you know, one of the guys, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was, he really just held the nation to account of what the Declaration and what the Constitution had to say about equality, right? And I think that's that's so valuable. And a lot of times we, I know I never, I didn't, as a kid, I never read the Declaration of Independence, except maybe one time in school. I never read the Constitution in beginning to end. And I think that's one thing we can do as dads to encourage that, is to just read that son of a gun and mm-hmm. let it, it just it realize how tight it, it is very well. Tied. Even the establishment of the three branches of government really arguably came out of Exodus, right? Uh, in the way that, you know, that uh, Moses set up the uh, judges uh, we had uh, our, you know, the law, and we had God as the uh, executor, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we got the executive, judicial, and the legislative branches, and uh, uh, and that's the beauty of a check and balance system. So I think as, as dads, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever thought about it, but hey, or maybe I'll just ask you, have you ever thought about reading those documents as well as reading scripture to your kids? you ever read the Declaration of Independence? I, I mean, not to my kids, no, I haven't. Well, I'd, uh, I just would uh, put that out there for you dads to uh, to incorporate some of these things into your discussion as a family because uh, we have a very unique uh, environment here. This is the American experiment. <laughs> we're still in, we're 246 years into it, but it is an experiment, and and it's been tested. You know, the the Supreme Court essentially just said uh, very clearly we're the judicial branch. These are the 
the lane, this is the lane we're operating in as defined by the Constitution. <laughs> and they said, legislature, if, you're gonna, if you want us to judge a law, then create the law. Don't expect us to create the law. And that's essentially where we're at. And I, so I think that uh, that's a whole new profound uh, uh, dimension of respect that we could establish, use this time to establish for our country versus all the noise about really uh, not getting our way uh, for a certain uh, fringe of the populace that uh, is upset about certain decisions. And uh, so anyway, that's my encouragement. So uh, uh, any other encouragement that you have for, uh, for respect and, and for respect for authority of, of, of scripture and respect for our country? Any other words of encouragement for dads out there? Um, I mean, it, the seed, I mean, just again, the seeds that you sow now are the seeds that are gonna, you know, shape the future generations. So whatever you, whatever time you invest now, if that's, you know, scripture, if that's, you know, history and, and tying those together or whatever, whatever you pour into your kids now is what we're gonna get out of those kids in the future generations. Uh, so we are raising leaders for tomorrow. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Julius, I uh, thank you again for your time. I applaud your uh, initiative on so many fronts and uh, being the dad that you're called to be. I, I just, that's, uh, that's what we're, uh, as men, that's our role is to step up and raise a godly generation that's going to respect the authority of the Word of God and respect the authority of our in our country. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Well, man, again, thank you for listening to this podcast. We uh, just call you out to, uh, uh, again, raise a generation that respects the authority before them, whether it's the uh, authority of the Word of God in their lives or the authority of, uh, of the police uh, or authority of the ruling body uh, here in, in our nation. It, uh, it's our respect for our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. So I, I encourage you to not only read scripture together, but read some of those documents, those founding documents, and acknowledge what our founding fathers actually put on the line. So uh, keep focused on that. Be uh, prioritizing your physical presence. Be engaged emotionally and lead spiritually by example. That's the dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs to see. Thank you again, Julius. God bless. God speak. Thank you. 